you will, bow your heads with me. Dear God, we come to you now, and we just ask that you just speak directly to us. Dear Lord, allow us to concentrate on you, focus our attention on the word, and hear it. Hear the message that you have prepared for us, that we may go out and live it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So we're walking through 1 John, looking at it through the lens of fellowship. And just so we're all on a level playing field here, we're talking about fellowship, our relationship, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, and then how that reflects into our relationships with others, and then how we come collectively together as a church. So this book lays out some Bible foundational teachings about what fellowship is and how to maintain and build and continue to grow in our fellowship with Jesus Christ. And um, today's is a Today's is, is, these verses are, are pretty critical because this is looking at, the, at kind of the destructive side of what can hamper, what can destroy fellowship. And um, I think uh, I was, as I was praying and looking, there's a Psalms 119, I think it's the longest chapter in the Bible, like 176, 170 something verses. But inside of there in the 37th verse, it says, Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. And I think that's a pretty powerful verse in the world that we live in today because uh, we have a lot of distractions and we have a lot of things that, that focus our attention elsewhere. And um, it's just not one or two, it's a bunch. And we kind of get overloaded and then our relationships get pushed off to the side. Um, the important relationships get pushed off to the side. Our relationship with Jesus suffers from those things. And uh, if you ever stop and think about how much time you spend on worthless things, it's almost depressing. And what we spend time and effort on and my so if you don't hear anything else I say today, anything that we as people, as individuals, or as a family, or as a church, anything that distracts us from our mission, which is to live and proclaim that Jesus Christ is the living Savior, then it is a distraction, and it's a worthless thing. And I understand that there's things that you have to do to, to get to those points and to build up but I think a lot of times we spend a lot of energy, a lot of time and effort on things that the Bible would declare to be worthless. And we're going to talk specifically about them today. And I want you to think about some of the... At, I, I just want you to be honest with yourselves because this was an eye-opener for me as I was walking through this sermon. And, you know, does anybody get those weekly reports of your screen time? on your phone. And it's like, how did I spend 20 hours on the phone? I slept some. You know, it gives you your weekly update of about how much. Anybody get your driving reports? <laughs> 12 sudden stops. <laughs> okay. So anyways, we sometimes we get those reports and it's eye-opening. And we don't really realize, you know, kind of 
what we've gotten into, what our habits look like, what our daily routine looks like. And uh, if, so I just want you to, as we get into these verses, just really take an honest look at yourself and about the things that are happening and that are distracting you from the crucial, important things in this world. Because I think that if you, if you do that, you're going to come away today with maybe some reprioritization that has to take place. And, um, you know, I, I, the old saying is, look where you spend your time and your money, and there's where your heart is. And that's a pretty, that's a pretty hard statement, but that's, that's the truth. All right? So, 1 John chapter 2 says, Little children, it is the last hour. So we know that we're living in the last days. We don't know how long that is, but this is the last age. And uh, John was true in his day. And um, so we uh, need to live with a hope and an understanding that Jesus Christ is coming back to take his church home with him in heaven. And sometimes I think we, uh, we understand that, but to get out and live it each and every day with that hope, a living hope coming through you, that we will spend eternity in heaven with Jesus Christ. When you live that and it comes through in everything that you do, then I think it takes on, your life takes on a different attitude and a different perspective, and people receive you in a different way. All right, so just straight up, he's starting out just by acknowledging that we're in the last days. And it says, as you have heard, that the Antichrist is coming. And I don't want to get bogged down on this subject because that is a deep, deep, like a, a well, okay? It's a deep, deep subject. And, um, but we have to understand that there is an Antichrist coming, all right? Um, and and here's, here's the thing, because if you keep reading on in this verse, and, and this is kind of a, a point I want to make this morning, okay? It says, even now many Antichrists have come. All right, so he's saying that there's a the Antichrist coming, but there have been Antichrists before, and there are other Antichrists living in today. And when you look at the word Antichrist, what that means is against God, so against Jesus. And anything that is against Jesus, anything that brings us away from Jesus, is technically termed an Antichrist. And here's sometimes... Here is kind of the, the human nature of the way that we look at things is because there is this antichrist and that can take a lot of our attention in our, in our Bible study and, and it's like, well, that's what we need to look out for is the antichrist. But that's kind of the, the distraction because then we don't put so much weight and so much uh, fear against these other antichrists that are living amongst us and that can pull us away and that can distract us from the critical things in our lives. Because, like, well, you know, that's not a big deal because it's not the Antichrist. And sometimes when we have a big subject and a big thing, we can kind of forget about the important things that can affect us on a, on a daily level. And so we get, you know, we put so much em emphasis on the big one that we forget the, the critical things, the things that are important to us, the things that we should prioritize for and against, okay? And so we need to be aware that there is people out there that are preaching against Christ. And these are things, and then there are things that are living, things that are in our lives that are pulling us away from 
our relationship with Jesus Christ. And this morning, as we walk through these verses, we need to recognize, we need to take audit about the things in our lives, and are they productive? Are they helping us grow our relationship with Jesus Christ, or are they non-productive, and they're pulling us away from Jesus Christ, which could be termed an antichrist that is living within us, or in our lives, and affecting our relationship with Jesus Christ. Because remember, if your relationship with Jesus Christ is not solid and it's not healthy, then it's going to reflect all the health in all your other relationships as well. Okay? And then on the vice versa, on the other side of that coin, is when you have trouble within a relationship in your life, then that can hamper your relationship with Jesus Christ. So we're talking about fellowship. We're talking about having a healthy relationship with Jesus Christ, which allows us to have proper, healthy relationships within our lives with our spouse, our family, our kids, co-workers, friends, and family. And so that health has to be across the spectrum. And if your relationship with Jesus Christ is not healthy, it's not at an optimal level, then that will affect your relationships in your daily life. Okay? Amen? Okay. Just checking. All right. And it says, by which we know that, that it is the last hour. They went out from us. Okay, so sometimes these people are identifying as Christians, and they claim to be Christians. All right, we're supposed to test every spirit. We're supposed to be able to identify the truth. We should, let me, let me encourage you, if you're not a Bible reader, become a Bible reader. That is, I mean, there is so much growth that happens once you open that Bible, and we get bogged down kind of, well, I don't know where to start, okay? If you don't know where to start, I always say, go to the Gospel of John. Be a great place to start. But pick up the Bible, and I promise you that if you pick up the Bible and turn the page of something to start reading it, it will speak to you about what you're going through right now. And you know why that is? Because it is the living Word of God. It's the living Word of God, and it's going to speak to you. And so, if you're not a Bible reader, my encouragement today is be, and that doesn't mean that you have to read it from page to page, you know, from one cover to the other cover. I'm talking about becoming a Bible reader so that you understand the truth and you can acknowledge the deceivers and the falsehoods out there. Because I'm just going to tell you that with the way that the world is set up now with, with the internet, as I like to say to my kids, the internets, or the, the, on the line, okay, I don't really understand. How, how, how does that happen? How does something in your phone go up to space and come back down with, I don't know, I don't understand it. But there's so much information out there. It's at our fingertips, and there's so much falsehoods being spread, and there's so much that is covering up the truth. The truth almost doesn't have a chance anymore. All right, so it's on us, the church, to be Bible readers, to be Bible studiers. And let me say this as well is that if you're not someone who prays, it's critically important to you to have a healthy prayer life. And I say this all the time, if Jesus Christ needed time to go off to himself to have intimate conversation with God the Father, don't you think we probably should have a prayer life too? If you don't have time where you go off to yourself and pray and have communion, have fellowship with Jesus Christ, then I'm telling you that you're cheating yourself of one of the greatest glories on this earth. That is some of the most precious time you will ever have. 
and it will pay dividends forever. It'll pay dividends in your relationships, the way that you handle stress. It will start your day off. I, I promise you. I promise you. It will pay dividends. Okay? And it says that they went out from us, but they were not of us. Okay? So they weren't, they weren't of Christ. And that's important to understand, is that they did not have Christ in them. For if they had been for us or of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest, but none of them were of us. All right? So it's talking about all the falsehoods, all the, these antichrists that are out there, these things that bring us away from God, these things that hamper our relationships, hamper our fellowship with Jesus Christ and with others. But you have, and this is critically important here, okay? But you have an anointing from the Holy One. Well, what does that a holy, because uh, it says that you know all things. Well, how is that possible? What does that mean? All right, and we know and understand that, the, in, in getting a little doctrinal here, the second that you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Not later on, that second, okay? That is important. And then the Holy Spirit lives in us. It speaks to us, it guides us, it directs us, it chastises us, it makes us feel guilty about things, it will give you advice, but it does not speak its own words, it speaks the words of Jesus Christ, who is always operating in the will of God the Father. And that is the perfect harmony of the Holy Spirit, of the Holy Trinity, and the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, it is the gift of God. And the second that you believe you are in, receive an indwelling of the Holy Spirit, now, it's our, it's our opportunity and our mandate to grow that relationship. And that's what's called sanctification. That's a fancy word for becoming more saint-like. And this is the maturing of the saint. All right? So you're going to go through all these trials and tribulations. And if you do it according to how the Holy Spirit leads you, then you will come out the other side better than had you never gone through the trial before. And those are, the time, those are the things that allow us to grow. But that only happens if you build and, and foster that relationship and nurture your relationship. And that happens through daily prayer, through reading the Bible, okay? through you know, talking with other believers, encouraging other believers, receiving encouragement from fellowship. Okay? So it's across-the-board fellowship, having fellowship with Jesus Christ one-on-one, -on -one, and then having fellowship with other believers. And that's how you foster that relationship. But it is built on the, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and then our nurturing of that relationship through prayer, through reading the Bible. And that is how we grow. And that is how you know and receive all things. And that's how you prepare yourself for all the falsehoods that are out there. And that's how you put up this protectiveness so that you aren't pulled away from your relationship with Jesus Christ. All right, and it says that I have not written to you because you don't know the truth. And I'm not saying anything to you this morning that you don't already know. I'm telling you things that you already know. But sometimes we have to look at the things that we already know and we have to look at it through a correct and an honest lens and come away and understand that, hey, I've got some things in my life that are pulling me away, pulling me away from Jesus Christ, which is affecting my fellowship with him and it's affecting my relationships in this life. And, with, and some of the relationships are with the people that I, you know, 
can't afford to have any type of, of downward trend in my relationship, any unhealthiness. But because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? And, and sometimes we look at that statement and we say, yeah, that's the Antichrist, all right? That's the one who says, you know, he's not the, sa- he's not the Savior. But l- just real quick, make sure, make sure the things in your life you don't unwittingly say that Jesus is not the Christ. Because sometimes what we do is, is we have these things in our lives that kind of pull us away from our relationship with Jesus Christ. So when we get to these things, just understand, just understand that sometimes we don't make actual steps to pull away from Jesus Christ. But there are the things in this world that we get so caught up in and we don't do the things that we're supposed to do, like first thing in the morning before your feet hit the floor, you're supposed to pray the prayer of emptying, remove me of me, fill me with the Holy Spirit so I can go out and do the things I'm supposed to do in the way that I'm supposed to do it so that people can be changed and transformed by my living, not because of me, but through the glory of Jesus Christ. He is the Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. And basically this morning the thing to understand is that there is proof in the pudding. Our living proclaims what we believe. Okay, We may say things and say we believe this and that, but our living proclaims what our beliefs are. Whether you agree with them or not, when you do things in your life and and you do them over and over again, that proclaims that that is what your beliefs are. And now we may have ideals. These are the ideals that we seek. But what we live is what we believe. All right? So... Let's talk about some things that pull us away. What are some of these things that pull us away in our relationship with Jesus Christ? If you take notes, write these things down. These are destructive distractions. These are the things that pull us away. Have an honest discussion with yourself as we walk through these this morning. These aren't the only ones, but these are general ideas about what can pull us away. Because the, the truth of the matter is that anything that pulls us away from Jesus Christ is destructive. And we live in a world full of them. Number one, money. Money. Anytime I meet with a, with a couple that is struggling, I say to myself, They have money problems. They're not going to tell me until like session five. And then they're going to say, oh, by the way, we have all this debt. I don't know why it is. But sometimes when we are struggling, that is where we look to for solace. And the things that we can buy and the things that we can attain. And that is the thing that sometimes digs into a deeper hole, into deeper problems. 
I don't know that's wh why that's where we look to, but it is. And here's the other thing, the, the, the journey to go after money can also be destructive. For instance, sometimes we have jobs that we can't, you know, it's like, I can't live without this job. My dad always told me, don't have a job that you can't lose because it will affect your decision making. If you have a job that you can't lose, you're gonna make bad decisions to keep that job. I wish I could live up to that advice because I've got a mortgage, I got payments, I don't know, I, I've got, my, I'm, I'm wondering how much my hot water heater costs me because my kids take the longest showers on earth, they leave the lights on, Put, I'm putting everything on a timer. Okay, so, I mean, you guys are there as well. All right. And I get it. I understand that we all have to go out and make money, and we live in a world that is expensive and becoming more expensive. I, I get it. I understand. All right. But have an honest conversation with you, with yourself, about, you know. And, and here's the other thing is sometimes it's not the actual materialism. That is kind of the way of self-justification or self-achievement. It's like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm finally getting there. And money can play a whole different type of different roles in each one of our lives. But have a conversation with yourself and reflect on your relationship with money. And if that is hurting your relationship with Jesus Christ, then you need to look at some changes Media, number two. And I just don't mean the reporters, okay? This is everything. You know, we talk about, and, and I'm there too. Like, your prayer life is, how is your prayer life? Well, it's okay. I'm just really busy. I'm really busy, okay? But I got time to binge watch something on Netflix. I mean, you guys ever binge watch anything on Netflix? Huh? I mean, it happens, you get rolling. And they leave you on a cliffhanger, and the next, the next one's coming up. And you're like, ah, it's three in the morning. I gotta get up at five, but I think I can, I think I can watch one more. Okay, so I mean, and then, what do we expose ourselves to? All right, what what kind of what kind of media are we exposing ourselves to? Is it, is it constructive, or is it destructive? Is it making us unhappy? Is it making us feel full of rage? Or is it changing the way that we perceive other people? I mean, there's people that get paid a lot of money to make you mad and keep you mad. And it's on both sides, it's on all sides. It's not just one side, it's all sides. And we live in a, in a world where it's all about clicks, it's all about views, all right? And that's what we, that's what we strive for, and it's all about likes and all that, okay? And Sometimes that's what, what fuels us, that, you know, what, what makes us feel important. But ask yourself, what are we opening ourselves up to? Is it healthy? Are the, and that's across the board. You know, it's your time. I mean, I, I'm just going to tell you, I don't know how much time you spend on the phone, but 
I could probably say just across the board, it's probably too much. And that goes for everyone in here. Probably too much. And I'm, and I'm thankful. Who's thankful that they grew up in a time when there weren't phones and video recorders? I mean, good Lord, I would be unemployable probably if they had video recorders back in my day. This guy's not smart enough to do this job. Look at this. Well, look what he did. I mean, I'm thankful that those didn't exist when I was around. How many of you remember when you were trying to talk to a, a girl on the phone and your dad got on and started hitting the buttons to make a phone call? <laughs> dad, dad, dad. My dad was the principal, so it was like, well, who are you talking to? That was always helpful for your relationship. Number three, activities. Okay, this is a big one because there are unforeseen forces out there that have kind of made us these check marks or these litmus tests that unless you meet this, you're not a good parent. Unless your kid is in this many activities, you're not a good parent. Or unless you do this, you're not a good grandparent. And I think, and I'm speaking directly to myself here this morning, okay? But sometimes we get this idea that I'm trying to be the best parent I can so I got to keep my kids busy. I got to get them in this, got to get them in that. And I'm doing that. So, and, and sometimes it's like, are you, you know, who are we doing it for? Are we doing it for the kids? Are we doing it for us? Are we doing it for some, some kind of bar we're trying to, to reach or some kind of goal? Trying to and if you take a look at things, sometimes you're like, we might be too busy. All right? And I say this all the time, you know, like anytime we get together on holidays, Sometimes as soon as you get there, you're already looking at the watch, like, oh, I gotta get to the next one. I gotta do this, or how long are we gonna be here? Or what you know, it's always about pushing and and there's just no relaxing and there's no enjoying. And think about the pace that we keep. How on earth can we build relationships living at the pace that we live in? Everything becomes super superficial. Am I right? Everything becomes superficial because there's no in investing in now. It's investing in, I got to get to the next one and the next one, and I got to do the next one. I got to do the next activity, and I got to do this. I don't have time to invest in this relationship right now. And fellowship is suffering because of it. And we don't build, we're not nurturing those relationships. And let's just be honest with ourselves this morning, is that bleeds over into our relationship with Jesus Christ. How many, are, how many would be praying and forget they're praying and start drifting off into something else? Huh? You don't have to raise your hand on that, okay? <laughs> All right, but it's like, oh yeah, I was praying. Sorry. But these activities sometimes can, can and think about even activities, you know, here, if, unless it is building and helping us spread the message to Jesus Christ, then we probably need to take a look at that stuff that's inside of our relationships it's inside anything if we don't if we're not moving towards projecting that Jesus Christ is our savior then it's probably not healthy for us so take a look at our activities take a look at your activities about what's going on in your life are they healthy or are they unhealthy here's a here's a tough one okay relationships
Not every relationship in your life is profitable. Some of them are destructive. I'm not telling you to be mean or rude, but if you've got relationships in your life that are not nurturing you, not, if they're making you unhappy, unhealthy, and they're hurting your relationship with others, they're hurting your relationship with Jesus Christ, they're not profitable. All right? That doesn't mean you don't hate them, you don't go away in a, on a bad note, but unless it's profitable, then it is destructive. And if it's pulling you, there's no relationship here on this earth that should be prioritized. And I'm saying that very clearly. There's no relationship on this earth that should be prioritized above your relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's including your spouse and your kids. And I'm saying that not so that you will decrease your relationship with your spouse or with your kids. I'm just trying to make sure that you understand the priority that your relationship with Jesus Christ takes and requires. Because unless that relationship is healthy, all the other relationships are going to suffer. And if you've got destructive relationships in your life, then sometimes you have to do the hard work and remove those from your life. The next one is habits and routine. Do you understand that your life, listen, listen to this, I was reading a psychology paper this week, and it was talking about attention, and, and this just kind of blew my mind a little bit, and it, I don't know if it'll impact you the way that it did me, but your life and your life experiences will be on what you devote your attention to. Now, here's what I mean by that. The guy who wrote the paper was at the Grand Canyon. Now, I don't know who's been to the Grand Canyon, but that thing is so amazing that it is almost like you're looking at a painting. In front. It's like it's not real. It's like a hologram. It's like that can't be real when you're looking at it. The, the beauty and the majesty of it is just almost overcoming. And when you look at that thing, it's like, holy cow. And I don't know how you can look at that and not believe in God, but you know, good luck with that. And to think that one, one river made all, I mean, it, that's just craziness to me. And there he is at the Grand Canyon looking, and he got distracted by a couple that were quietly having a disagreement. They were, you could tell by looking at him that they were mad at each other and that they were fighting. And he, he got distracted by them. He's got the Grand Canyon in front of him. And he got distracted by them trying to figure out what the problem was and who was mad at whom and, and all this. And, and then when he got in the car and they drove off, he was like, I kind of missed the Grand Canyon. So what I'm saying is he was there at the Grand Canyon, but his experience was where his attention was. Now, let's modulate that down into our own lives. You can be there. You can be surrounded by things. But your life and your experience is what your attention is on. In C.S. Lewis, I love, he's talking about being totally into the sermon 
And then he looked down, and the guy beside him had two different kinds of shoes on. And the whole rest of the service, he was trying to explain to himself, why would you wear two different kinds of shoes? Was it on accident? Is this on purpose? Is he making a statement? Does he not have shoes? Should I buy him shoes? I mean, he's going through this whole thing. And that was his experience, because that's where his attention is. So let me ask you just this morning, where is your attention at most of the time? Is it on productive things? Are you investing in the now? Are you distracted? Are you at the Grand Canyon trying to figure out what the couple next to you is fighting about? Are you taking in the beauty in the experience of the Grand Canyon? Here's the next one. This is another tough one, all right? Ourselves. We are our worst enemy. And probably 9.9 times out of 10, anytime you're in trouble or anytime you're in some kind of difficulty, you can go to the mirror and see the person who got you into it. And also the person who got you deeper into it. We live for ourselves. We're selfish. It's our human nature. Fight or flight, first instinct. If somebody jumps out to you, you usually jump, you usually protect yourself. It's just our instinct, okay? How do you overcome instincts? How do you overcome the urge to please yourself? How do you overcome the urge to be for yourself and yourself only? The only way that happens is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And anything that teaches otherwise is wrong. And so ask yourself this morning, am I the reason why I don't have a healthy relationship with Jesus Christ? Am I the stumbling block? Here's the next one. Anxiety and worries. How many give in to the, don't raise your hand, how many give in to anxieties and worries? I'll just be honest with you. Sometimes when I'm not worried about something specific, I start worrying about what am I missing? What am I not worrying about? What's about to come to me? That is where your faith starts to lack. That is where your, you know, your reliance on Jesus Christ, you start relying on self. How do you end anxieties and worries? You do it with faith in Jesus Christ. And that happens by building your relationship with him to a healthy level. Now, will it take away all your anxiety? No. Okay. Will it take away all your worries? No. In fact, some of the, some of the most faithful people I ever knew were the most worrisome people on earth. And I just chalked it up to love. They love so much. They just... Hated for anything bad to happen to anybody. And then the last one, and there's more, and you can come up with your own, is vision. The inability to have vision. What are you moving forward to? Are you in a idling, or are you in a productive state? Because If you think about what we first talked about, sanctification, progressive process. And if you aren't looking with a forward vision, you're not looking.
healthier than us. Thank you for tuning in to Star Church's sermon. We truly hope that the sermon edified you today and brought you closer to the Lord. For more information about Star Church, visit our website at stargbchurch.com. Once again, that's stargbchurch.com. If you would like to visit our church, our address is 4925 State Road 142 North, El Dorado, Illinois, zip code 62930. We now pray that God will bless you as you enter the mission field and bring his word to the world. And, as always, we will see you next time here at Star Church.